if I fall down. I get back up on my feet and I try again and again until I make it. Welcome to the Poultry Homestead Podcast, everybody. My heavens. You ever fall down and get back up and try again and tweak your way a little bit and try this way, try that way, do it again and again? When you have a goal in mind, there's nothing that can stop you if you keep trying, keep tweaking your ways, keep doing something different. And just have that resilience. That's what I call it anyway. I call it resilience. When you are unstoppable, unshakable, and uh, pretty much can just... You know you're going to get it done, you just don't know how yet. You know what I mean? Anyway, that's uh, where I am going to start with whitetail season so far. I always start uh, whitetail hunting late in the game, and this year it was uh, absolutely no change to that. I uh, waited to do my whitetail hunting uh, up on, you know, I'm a bow hunter, so I waited until uh, the big Camp Ripley hunt. And uh, my last episode was on the Camp Ripley hunt, and a shit show it was, let me tell you. (laughs) You folks, if you were looking for people and deer and pickups and frickin' campers and shit and stuff and just rattling antlers and grunt calls and deer stands and deer blinds and crossbows and, I mean, my heavens. Camp Ripley was the biggest shit show that I have ever seen. And I'll kind of start with that. It's going to be a little bit longer episode. But uh, today I'm, I'm, I'm in between hunts here. This is the first day that I have hunted and not sat from dark until dark. So it's midday right now. I'm switching spots uh, in the middle of grabbing some coffee here. Uh, it's 11 in the morning. And kind of getting my shit together after a bunch of heartbreak, excitement, and what the last week has brought forth. Man, I have had uh, quite the week. <laughs> but anyway, so I'll start with Camp Ripley here, and uh, we'll get on with it. It's, it's been a year of learning, so if you, if you like learning about how to mis- make mistakes or how not to make mistakes in the woods... This might be a very good podcast for you. Um, so anyway, you know, I get up to Ripley, and when I get there, you know, I mean, I embrace the chaos. That's one thing that you can always count on at Camp Ripley when you're bow hunting and when they have 2,500 people in there looking for the biggest buck in there, is you can count on chaos. And, you know, when you, when you go into Camp Ripley, they have a double entry line, which is a side-by-side line of cars that you can start lining up at 5 o'clock the day before the hunt. So, you know, first come, first serve, you know, and there's people that bring their camper and they will actually be lining up at the gate in front of Camp Ripley five o'clock in the evening the night before and um i uh we we wait for that line to dwindle down a little bit before we even get in it you know 
because there's a lot of people it matters to them how how far forward they are in line and and you know they just want their spot and that's that no big deal we uh, let those guys have their spots and, and we're good to go so the double entry line was did not disappoint I mean it was so full just amazing how full it was but uh, so we're sitting there and, and, and we go in and, and my buddy and I we, we go to a spot where, that we've gone the last few years. I thought, well, it might just be important to get in a tree the first day in a place we know before we go, you know, on discovery mode. So we got in the tree and we each got ourselves in that spot and I got near the spot and I looked around and, and I went to the tree that I shot the really big buck out of. And I said, anybody hunting here? Nobody answered. So then I uh, set my stand on the ground, set my pack on the ground, and then I heard a <whistles> I thought, well, somebody's hunting here. <laughs> I couldn't see them for the life of me. I could not see them. That's how well camouflaged they were. So I just picked up my shit and went straight south of where I went. You know, I mean, 150 yards or so. So I went down there and I, I got down there and uh, did the same thing and nobody answered. So I thought, well, hell with it, I'll, uh, I'll hunt here, you know. So I gets in there and I'm getting all settled in. I got, you know, I use my safety harness, safety ropes, safety lines and all that stuff. And I got myself, oh, probably a good, geez, 16 feet up in that tree. And, you know, things were looking pretty good. And I got just, just got settled in. I mean, like feet on the deer stand for 10 minutes. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm still adjusting my hat, looking for my stuff, getting my favorite snacks ready so they're quiet. You know, because I just got done making all this noise, I wanna make all the noise at once and then be silent the rest of the day. So I gets in there and I, I, I get myself all set up and everything and I'm still in the middle of setting myself up and I hear ch Bye golly. Here comes three does over the hill. So I grabs my bow and I noticed it was a doe and two fawns. So uh, that didn't quite end up the way that was supposed to. And uh, let's just say that uh, I didn't get nothing out of that deal. So uh, I, I, I got to go in here and, and uh, you know, sat the rest of the day and uh, midday, or so, I called on the hotel rooms that we had for the place and uh, confirmed that we were all there uh, to the lady and she was very excited about that. And uh, that night we packed up, went in, I talked to my buddy and I said, hey, let's try a different spot tomorrow. He goes, I'm all for it. And stay tuned. So anyway, the next morning we gets up early like we always do, make coffee, talk a little bit, and get, get to heading out. Let the big line go through again because the line was absolutely huge again on Saturday morning. So um, we get in there and we go on discovery mode, you know. And I don't know what it was, but we just, we didn't want to drive that far. Because Camp Ripley's huge, the speed limit is 25 miles an hour. And if you go all the way to the north side of it, it takes you an hour. So it's like 20 miles. You know, it's really windy roads. You know, but straight in a straight line, it would be like 20 miles. And uh, it's about five or six miles wide. 
you know, all the way up. So it's huge, it's 53,000 acres. And um, my, my buddy and I, we just kind of took a tool around and I said, you know, in here looks good. You know, we saw a swamp and blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing, so we went in there. And I got in there and I set my stand up in a little bit of haste, I think. And I got to sitting there and I thought, you know what? I need to move. So I got my stuff down, went right in the middle of a just a junky, thicket, gross, boogered up swamp, and got myself in the middle of there. Meanwhile, he stayed where he was, and we both saw a couple bears. Midday, about two o'clock, I had two does come running through fast as they could. I think they were scared off by something. It was a windy, warm day. I was in my blue jeans in the stand most of the day. But then it kind of cooled off a little bit, clouded up, and I got my coveralls on. Right after I got my coveralls on, I uh, noticed that there, there's been a guy that was northwest of me that has been rattling every hour on the hour all day. And his grunt tube was really giving her too, so that made me think, and I, and I heard a few grunt tubes around the area, so I thought, you know what? I'm done with the grunt tube. <laughs> when you hear that many of them, it's, it, you know, you're pretty much just shooting yourself in the foot. So anyway, I, um, I, I, I put the grunt tube away and I uh, sat there the rest of the day. But meanwhile, about 3.30 or 3 o'clock, this gentleman starts rattling. And one of the biggest bucks I've ever seen was running from him. Now keep in mind, I'm in a place where you cannot see beyond 40 yards. It's so thick and gross and ratty in there. And I had this bucket 20 yards, a good shooting lane too. But I was on the wrong side of the tree and, and, and as I was grabbing my bow getting ready to shoot this thing because it was coming a pretty straight path, boom, he stopped. And I knew what that was. I'm like, well, he smells me because that's right where the wind's headed. So, and then he bounded backwards and then trotted off. And as he was trotting off, I went, I turned myself around, drew my bow, thought he would give me that 40 yard shot in the little sliver of an opening I had, which he did give me that, but as I was drawn back, I pretty much couldn't do it. It was, it was a tough decision to make, but uh, you know, I, I'm not it. I don't like injuring, I like killing. And uh, that's where the heartbreak happens here later. So anyway, that, that happened, and then a, I think later on a little bear came by or whatever, and, and uh, that was pretty neat to see. And uh, that was day two of Camp Ripley hunting. Day three, uh, I wanted to go to the same spot, and my buddy wanted to scout around a little bit, so he just dropped me off with a pickup. I wanted to go in in the daylight just to make sure my stand was properly set up. So uh, we got up there. And uh, I, I got dropped off at the nick of time, and uh, my, my other buddies decided to come down in our area the, within a couple miles anyway. So we were hunting that, that area. And uh, lo and behold, I, I get out there, and, and uh, I think I bumped a deer to a guy because I got up in my tree, and then I heard a truck come from down the road. I heard it start up and then the rumbling of the pipes, and then it got just south of me and then turned off. And then I could hear two guys talking in the woods, and I did catch one sentence 
I thought it was a chipmunk. So I think they, they got done uh, gutting and dragging a deer out right about then. And I'm pretty sure I bumped it to the guy, which, hey, you know, that's what Camp Ripley's all about. You know, people moving around and people bumping deer to people, you know, and that's what they want. So it was pretty interesting and, and uh, I, I was happy for him, even though he didn't see me or hear me or know I was there or anything like that. So it was okay, you know. But then meanwhile, you know, when you're at Camp Ripley on a Sunday, the crowd dwindles down rather quickly on the last day. People just aren't that resilient. And they, they do not stick around for that last hunt. They don't, they're not in, in it to win it and they don't like sticking around. And a lot of negative attitudes on social media. I'm out of here, this place is dead, you know. Where in reality, it's truly not. It's just that the deer the last two days have been chased to hell and they're hunkered down. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you find a good place to lay and then just stay there where nobody's hunting? Um, on a Sunday, you know, that's, that's the best thing to do. But there was a northwest breeze, it was kind of a cool day. And I sat there throughout the whole day and then I heard grunt calls all around me about noontime. About two o'clock, everything went silent. They obviously left. And there I was. And then all of a sudden, about eh, a couple minutes to six, here comes a buck off from my left. And I couldn't believe it. It was a, it had a rack on its right side and just a spike on its left side. Beautiful, beautiful meat buck. I thought, yep, this will make a fine dinner for us. So I sat there, stood up, got my bow in my hand. And as he was coming in, he was coming a little too close for good shooting, as you'll soon find out. And uh, as he was coming in, I, I got him on the other side of a bush and I kind of thought about what time it was and I said, well, now or never. So I uh, hit the trigger and uh, I hit a twig on the way to him. And I kind of think the arrow went in sideways-ish, but I, I hit him in the shoulder. And uh, he had plenty of good red blood uh, when we checked it out. I mean, I was a basket case after I got him because I'm like, we got to get out of here in an hour and a half. And here I am with this deer. It takes a half hour to drive out and I got to get moving. So I just started throwing stuff out of the tree and getting down and getting out of there and everything. And there I was, I was just hustling and bustling and I couldn't find my directions, couldn't find my arrow, couldn't find the other end of my arrow. My arrow had split in half. And it was just chaos, complete chaos. My buddy Kevin, he, he, he texts me, he says, hey, do you need help? I said, I'll take all the help I can get. Literally, 10 minutes later, he was there. I'm like, how'd you get here so fast? He goes, well, you know, I had to get out of the tree to do something else and I just never went back up. I'm like, this is awesome. So Kevin, he's got better eyes than just about anybody I know and he notices everything. So he was the one that headed up the blood trailing operation. I got everything packed and started dragging everything out. Uh, my pickup was to the north of us and the buck went straight north, thank God. But uh, anyway, we started going and going and the blood trail kept going and going and going and, and, and then it turned and then it'd turn again and then it would stand in place for a while and it would turn again and at the end of the day, I had decided that the shot I took may not have been the best idea. 
the hit I got was not the best hit. Definitely a learning process, but uh, out of respect for the animal, I, I certainly feel absolutely horrible about what that hit had entailed, what it involved, and, and how, how it ended up. We looked till the very last minute we could look to get that deer. And I'm sorry to say that we did not get that deer out of Camp Ripley. You need to be back at the gate by 7.30 no matter what. It's just the way it goes. And they were, um, it's, it's just the rule, you know. Uh, even if you have an injured deer, you, you leave, you know. And that's, that's the, the rules are simply put that way. So, we got out of there. Everything was okay, but I did not have my buck. And it was a horrible deal. And then fast forward, uh, I took Monday off of hunting and got some stuff done around the house here. There was a few things that needed buttoning up and a few things that needed done. So I got that done and uh, got to going and, and uh, uh, got to smooch on the wife a little bit and uh, hug my daughter and play with her. You know, being gone for a few days, it was nice to be home and get rejuvenated and get some sleep and also eat, eat some healthy food, you know. <laughs> so it was good to do that. But then on uh, Tuesday, I went out and set up a stand and got, got in a wildlife management area uh, near our home uh, and uh, got up in there and got a stand set up on Monday afternoon actually and then I went up in there and, and, and got in there the other day. But uh, I, all day yesterday hunting, you know, it, it was a good day to hunt. I saw a doe at 11 o'clock. Uh, somebody must have bumped it. And then uh, I went and uh, saw a few pheasant hunters and, you know, finished out the day there. And uh, this morning, I got up and went there. There's been a cornfield that's been harvested nearby, which means that the deer are having less habitat and less hiding places. So I got up in there and started with the grunt tube this morning. Lo and behold, here comes a six-pointer. Now he came in on a perfect string this morning, okay? Came in, presented me with the absolute most beautiful arched away broadside shot that I have ever had on a deer in my life. And I've shot 31 deer with a bow. And this deer gave me the absolute nicest shot I have ever had at a deer out of a tree stand in my life. And I was drawn on him, got my sight picture the way I wanted it, got everything dialed in, everything, put the pin where I was supposed to, right behind the shoulder, squeezed the trigger, and he jumped a little, but just kind of did nothing. And I thought, what the heck was that? And he takes off like nothing's wrong. You know, just like walks away, no big deal. Lo and behold, I, uh, under later investigation, I uh, took some hair off of his back. My arrow went high. I, uh, I had my thing set at 25 yards. He was at a clean 20. 
With my bow, the difference between 20 and 25 yards isn't much, so I didn't figure that I needed to change that at all. The arrow almost hits in the same exact spot. But evidently, I clearly overshot the deer. And uh, in my own self-disgust, I looked around, looked where he went, you know, looked for blood and everything else. And, uh, you know, had clear intentions of, of, of I mean, I, I pretty much, he was in the truck already as far as I was concerned when I let that arrow fly. He was, he was uh, in the topper of my pickup. But evidently, you can think whatever you want, I did not get him. So, I got my things together, left for the whole entire purpose of not educating that deer anymore this week. I got out of there and I, uh, I took my stuff home here. I have a new spot that I'm gonna be going to this afternoon. My clear intentions are um, to go there and uh, just try a spot that nobody else has tried because that's what I've been doing up at Camp Ripley around here and I am really capitalizing. So the white tail rut is full on and the bucks are getting getting ornery and chasing. So I absolutely can't wait for all this. But uh, long story short, I came back, had myself a, a meal, grabbed some coffee, had a broadhead sharpening party because uh, when you put that many broadheads in the dirt, you gotta sharpen them again because it's always good to hunt with good sharp broadheads. So I had myself a little sharpening party. Just got done with that, it's almost noon, and I'm taking off to my new spot a few miles down the road. And I'm gonna sit there till dark and see what ends up happening. But long story short, when you get knocked down and you get knocked down, you gotta get up, try something different, and go after it again, folks. That is what is important. You keep after it and keep after it and keep after it. It's very important to me that my family gets this whitetail meat for the winter. I love, love, love deer hunting. It's something that really fuels my soul. I've had one of the most exciting years I've ever had so far. Just because I don't have meat in the freezer and just because I don't have one laying in the back of the pickup doesn't mean I'm defeated. It just, I have a lot of season to go yet. Things are looking good. And, and one of my buddies said, he even said in a text today when I've been telling him my highs and lows and everything else, he goes, how do you get so many deer close like that? That you have all these opportunities and you can have all these screw ups and you can have your nuclear meltdowns, which ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know this or not, but I am notorious for a nuclear meltdown in the whitetail woods, as you can already tell by this year's hunting scenarios. So I apologize for all the rambling on and everything, but just, Take it with a grain of salt, learn what you can, and employ it. I came and took a few practice whacks with that bow at home here, and I was hitting right on with it. So it's 100% my fault that I've been missing any deer or hitting him wrong or taking the wrong shot at the wrong time. But here I go, on to the next spot, on to the next thing. Let's try her again and let's get something done, huh? <laughs> I tell you what, it's a hell of a year. I'm pumped, really pumped. Can you tell in my voice at all? I'm excited. So anyway, 
I appreciate you guys listening in today. If you want to connect, Ziggy underscore 519 at yahoo.com. Also on Instagram. I appreciate it. Good luck hunting if you get out there. Anyway, have a good one.